We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Talk Buffalo Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I am your host, Patrick Moran. Thank you very much, as always, for locking in video side, audio side. doesn't matter. I appreciate you all. It is Casual Friday. That means, as always, I'm going to be joined by good friend, co-host of the Maintenance Day Podcast, my man, Jill Yurden. We talked for a couple of minutes before uh, this tape is rolling here and the camera is rolling. And uh, we're going to do our best. That's all I can say. We're going to do our best to stay positive and talk sports. I'll let you know right from the beginning. We're going to be doing uh, the Sabres sent out a game night survey to fans. I think season ticket holders recently. And I saw it on Twitter and I said, you know what? This would be a really good topic. So going to go through a bunch of things about the Sabres game night experience. And I'm going to get Joe's take on all those. We'll talk a little bit of uh, Rochester Amherst slash Sabres prospects and of course, our starting five this week, we're going to do TV villains. So we do got our normal fun, casual Friday stuff planned and right. we'll do our best. It's not easy though, man. It's really, it's really hard to balance moving forward and doing what we're supposed to do versus, I don't know. I, I, it's really hard to even say we're not, we're certainly turning no blind eye to what's going on. It's just, right. it's just really tough, man. But how you doing? Uh, <laughs> doing good <laughs> doing good sorry I'm, I'm laughing because there's a car alarm going off in the neighborhood now i'm just telling yeah, you that's, that's well at the, least it happened right it's away. a perfect capper yeah <laughs> oh yeah that's that's a good point um yeah you know listen i was on vacation last week uh in myrtle beach which is mm-hmm. which i you know which is why i was away last week but uh it was great down there i gotta tell you uh myrtle beach having been to miami and myrtle beach myrtle beach is very much like miami light very very light like we're talking like skim milk light like it's it, you get a lot of like stuff where you're just kind of like yeah that reminds me of Miami and then like everything else is like no this is not like it's not like Miami at all um but it was it was nice it was nice I got a tour of the uh Myrtle Beach Pelicans uh ballpark they're a single a squad uh Cubs farm team super park absolutely beautiful park for for you know for a single a team like you know our expectations are pretty low for for what a what a stadium is going to be like. No man, there's there's nice there's been around since like ninety seven or ninety eight. It still looks great. So really good for them, man. Like it's it's nice to see like it's nice to see like teams able to do that and you know have fun with it. And the Cubs have taken care of them too, so it's nice. That's cool. Let 
let me say one thing. I, I, there's one thing I want to talk about with everything that's going on. I, I can't talk about Texas today. I'm not ready to. I just, mm-hmm. I'll lose my shit and we won't end up having a, a podcast that talks about anything else. This kind of circles back to Buffalo because to your point, you were on a, a family vacation last week. So weren't on the show and this obviously happened a little less than two weeks ago now. So I haven't really talked to you about any of it. Again, we're not getting into details and all that stuff. We already know. I'm gonna, I just, there's one thing, Joe, that I, I just, I can't get over when something like this happens. And of course it hits harder when it's in your own backyard, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, it hits hard no matter where, but when it's in your own backyard, it, it feels like the world stops, you know? Mm-hmm. And the anger, the anger that the victims, families and their most loved ones are going to feel is it's going to get a lot worse. And that's what bothers me the most. And I just want to, so listen, I never will compare murders, senseless murders because they're all horrible and they all take away from your loved ones in an unfair way. But I want to reference, I had a very close friend. She wasn't blood family, but she was family. And back in 2009, she was 25 years old. Her name was Renee Greco. And some people familiar who are with Buffalo might remember this. She was a, uh, a troubled youth care worker at a home, a group home in Lockport. And she longed, and I don't want to get all the details, but she was murdered by two kids there. One kid mainly. And this was back in 2009. And what I remember years and years later about it the most, and this is what sucks the most, is when it happens, you're almost numb and in shock. And the media, I mean, it wasn't obviously a national story like what happened at Tops to that point, but it was a national story. And obviously it was the story locally. I mean, all the news media was there. And what I remember to this day about it is the outpouring of love and support from the community, which, you know, with the tragedy and tops that's going on, we've seen a lot of that. And it's very uplifting. And it is. It really, truly is. And I remember feeling that outpouring of love and it just, it helps you get through. And then you have the funeral and everything like that. But there comes a time, Joe, where people, and you understand why, because the average person, you, me, most people, uh, we're, we're devastated by what happens. And then we take to social media or our dinner table and we get mad and we're angry and we bitch about it. Sometimes we donate to funds, uh, you know, we thoughts and prayers, but then you keep moving along in life. That's just the way life goes for all of us. Well, for those victims and their families, when that funeral's over and the media is not covering as much anymore and that outpouring of love is not there and people go back to their lives, that's when it gets the hardest. And that's what I remember from when Renee got murdered is... Once that was all done and everybody moves on with their life, that's when the, the, the biggest sense of anger and loneliness sets in. And for these victims in Buffalo right now, they're not there yet. Funerals are just happening, but it's going to happen soon. And that's, that's, what, that's what depresses me more than anything else, if that makes any sense. No, it does. It does. And with everything that's been going on, it's just nobody has a chance to breathe nobody has a chance to grieve about any of this you know yeah like the entire like this whole area has just been you know righteously upset righteously angry about what's happened and 
you know, and, you know, I'm very happy to see so many people have come out in support of the people of the East side, because, you know, it's been great. It's, it's, it's not just, I mean, it's, you know, the victims are, it, it's horrible what happened to them, but it's, you know, it's something that cripples an entire region of, of the area, you know, it's, and that shines a light on a lot of faults of, of this whole city. And I, you know, I'm, I've been, I've been, it's been good to see a lot of attention being brought to that. Uh, it would be better if that attention leads to changes, leads sure. to things happening over there because this city has been, you know, broken for the better part of 50, 60 years. And, you know, this, this, this whole thing is really shining a light on it because, you know, th this is straight up hatred. This is, you know, it's racism. It's, it's horrible. And, yeah. you know, that's, that's nothing. That's nothing anybody wants to face up with this area, but like, it's, it's like one of those things that's kind of, you know, not wink, wink, nudge, nudge, but just kind of like, yeah, yeah, that's expected. Kind of, sort of, you know, that's the way it is. It's the way it's always been. And, you know, that's, that ain't right. Like that, it takes, it takes a big change. And it, like, I, I, and I'm hoping that this can lead to, to changes happening. I, you know, it, it's tough to be optimistic about it because it's a lot of talk and a lot of talk these days really leads to action. Yeah, I agree. And I, you were on vacation last week, so, you know, you talk about the community outpouring. I don't know how much you got to see. I know you weren't on social media all that much, which I don't blame you last yeah. week. But, like, you know, the Bills and the Sabres and the Bandits, current players and alumni coming was really good. And and Bruce Smith, to me, I don't know if you got a chance to see any mm -hmm. of his interviews yeah. um, on the site. It just, I just got a whole new level of uh, of respect for him. And, I, go ahead. No, I was going to say, Bruce, I mean, Bruce has been trying to try to shine a light on this back when he played here. Absolutely. You know? And a lot of that was just kind of like, oh, what are you going to do? You know, like, you know, well, a bunch of, you know, a bunch of evil people sent him letters, but, eh, you know, nothing that can be done about it. I don't know, man. Sure seems like, sure, sure seems like something that could have, should have been something that had a lot more attention paid to it. You know, yeah. if people, people, I mean, granted, you know, 90s being what it is there's no social media there's no internet there's none of that stuff um but people going out of their way to write letters to to say horrible things directly to bruce smith like that man tried that man tried to shine a light on all this stuff in buffalo and people were just kind of like shrug their shoulders and say like well it's always been that way what do you want yeah. and that's 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 the kind of thing that really gets really gets me upset i i can't i can't get rolling on it because i'll roll for <laughs> right time. right I, we're angry and we're again, we're trying to balance being angry and frustrated and upset versus having a, a talking Buffalo podcast, a casual Friday show where we like to kind of kick off our shoes and have a little fun. So let's try doing that because again, we could literally do an entire podcast and then some. This could become a series of just yeah, all right. the, the the beef and the issues that we have that's going on with social media and just the world right now, period. But let's kind of and there is no easy transition to to get into our regular podcast. I will say one thing again, going back to you being gone last week I'm on a family vacation. One of my favorite annual things happened. And uh, I forgot to tell you about this beforehand, but the Toronto Maple okay. Leafs lost again in the first uh, round. Yes. And that is always music to my ears. And this is Patty pet speaking or, you know, Patty Pat speaking right now. I'm, I, I, it always makes me happy. And I, and I still can't get over this graphic. If you happen to be watching this on YouTube, if not, I'll describe it. As shitty as the Sabres have been for like the last decade, and it's been an absolute laughing stock and an embarrassment, at the end of the day, 
The Buffalo Sabres have won a playoff series more recently than the Toronto Maple Leafs. 2007 for the Sabres. The Toronto Maple Leafs have not won a playoff series since 2004. And I got another graphic that just perfectly symbolizes the Toronto Maple Leaf uh, fan base. This guy just got his, his hands over his head saying, you know, basically, what the fuck? Year after year. Now, again, you know, playing Tampa Bay, no easy task or whatever. But look, no excuses, man. Another year, another talented roster on paper. Uh, by the way, a team that the Sabres kind of semi-own for yeah. some crazy reason. But, mm-hmm. man, Toronto, no playoffs or no, you know, another first-round exit. Like, Might as well what be the no hell's playoffs. up? <laughs> right. It's, you know, it's crazy. I, I had to go back and look at it. Um, the Sabres have won four playoff series since the last time the Maple Leafs have won it's one. crazy. Which is nuts. I mean, that, the last time they won was the pre- lockout era i mean the big lockout the one that shut down the, the league for a season like that's the last time they won they won when it was the old days basically like you know the stone age you know neutral zone trap garbage nhl era like that's the last time they won and i don't know it's crazy like uh, the the flashpoint discussion with a lot of the the you know least media is like well they got to trade somebody they got to move somebody now and and, you know, the, the other point is, you know, from a lot of more of the, the, the Twitter users, internet smart people are like, no, run it back with the same group. And I'm like, the same group, the same exact group. Like, <laughs> I don't know, man. I it, like when you don't win a series after what, three years of being a truly great team. And I know like the big complaint is like, well, the playoff system's unfair. Like, I don't know, man, win the division. Crazy yeah. idea. I don't know, win the division, play some garbage team, garbage wild card team in the first round, move on. Yeah. You know, like they had their chances in the bubble. They had their chances, you know, the following year. Like beat somebody, <laughs> beat anybody, beat Columbus, beat somebody. Like do do something positive, you know, but it's it's always with the Leafs, it's always something. Um, but like they're great up front. They can score with anybody. Kind of questionable on defense. You know, they got to keep Mark Giordano. Like, all right, whatever. He's an older guy, like cool, you know, fine. But like, you know, is Jack Campbell their guy? I don't know. He had a nice season. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. Jack Campbell's a great dude. Love Jack Campbell. But like, is he is he the guy? Like, I don't know. Like they they've had so many goalie issues in the past with Freddie, you know, with Freddie Anderson. Like, I don't know what you do, man. Like, and like Fred, Freddie's missing time with Carolina right now, and the Hurricanes seem to be doing okay. Like mm-hmm. they want they want a round or two. So or, or they won a round, I should say. But like it's still one more round than the Leafs have won. So like I mean, it's it's crazy, but like I'm torn because like I I I think they need to make some kind of change. Like they gotta they gotta find a way to kind of stir it up a little bit. But like I don't know what you do there. Like I like to me the the biggest idea of what you have to do there is a move they probably would never make. And like it, it's not no, it's not Austin Matthews. He's one of the, he's the best player in the league, uh, but it's probably Morgan Riley. Yeah, if he's. I think if, I think if he's your number one defenseman, you're lacking. I, I love Morgan, love him. I think he's a great defenseman. I don't think he's a number one though. Hmm. You know, it's it's petty again, and it reminds <laughs> me of another thing too. And I, and I admit it, it's petty. I mean, at the end of the day, this fan base has supported a bunch of losers for the last decade so you lash out and you take pride and joy in your uh biggest rival choking in the playoffs it kind of yeah. reminds me a little bit and i understand both sides now 
Like the Miami Dolphins ain't done shit in years. They've mm-hmm. stunk. And the Bills are good. And the Bills have won playoff games, but the Bills haven't gotten to the Super Bowl. Miami's won a Super Bowl. We hear about that all the time from Miami fans. You know, you ever won the big one. This and that. It kind of reminds me a little bit of that. Like the Miami fans every year when the Bills lose in the playoffs, whether it's the AFC Championship game, whether it's the divisional round, whatever it may be, they poke fun at the Bills fans and they talk their shit. That's kind of what we're doing now with Toronto. It's like, well, oh, yeah. you know, they're good enough to get into the playoffs. They're good enough on paper to have one of the better teams in the league, but they lose in the playoffs and that's that's all that really matters. So either way yeah. you look at it, like I said, it's just petty as shit. But it's oh fun. yeah, it's listen, that, that's a part of being a fan. You can be petty. Sure, you, can, you like you know celebrate the misery of your hated opponents. That's yeah. that's the whole, like that's half the point of sports. Now don't be a dick about it. Obviously, like right. you know don't you know don't run up to every fan and just get in their face and be like you loser, you stink. Like you're not <laughs> you know that's you're not going to do that because then that's how fist fights start. But like here's the thing, like the Sabers are getting better. Sure. Yeah. Like that division's impossibly hard. So are the like, Miami you know, Dolphins. And, and so, and, and the right. impossibly hard. A lot of, right. lot of, a uh, lot of parallels to draw here. Yeah. And but, I mean, like, you know, listen, the Panthers, the Panthers are the president's trophy winner. They got bounced by their rival, like swept rival man. Tampa four games. See ya. Yeah. Gone. Yeah. Second straight year. They've lost to Tampa. And, like, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, you know, when your rivalry is that in the playoffs, it's a hammer versus nail rivalry. The hammer wins. Just remember, folks, if you're a fan of the Sabres and the Bills, which in Kim Bagula's world apparently is very rare because you yeah. can't be fans of both, only, but only 10%. Just man. don't be a hypocrite. Again, if you're going to take pride in the Leafs losing and talk shit to their fans, don't be mad at Miami Dolphins fans who talk shit about the Bills not getting to the big one. That's yeah. all I'm saying. It goes. <laughs> it goes both ways. Anyway, uh, you, know, you know what solves that? Hmm. Get to the big one. Yeah, get the to big the big one. Exactly. exactly. And if you're the Sabres, get back to the playoffs and win another playoff round before <laughs> before the Leafs. Maybe beat the Leafs in the first round. How be, amazing would that be? Oh, my God. That, that's the ultimate, like, you can't talk <laughs> shit forever move. Like, until you, until you win a playoff round, it's still like, yeah, well, you didn't beat us. <laughs> Too bad. Here's what, uh, here's what I want to do. I want to take a really quick break now, and then we're going to come back. And like I said, the Sabres sent out a fan survey to season ticket holders to evaluate their game night experiences. I've been in an arena in many years, especially uh, sitting in the seats as a fan. Joe knows a lot more about this topic than I do. So quick break, and then I'm going to get his thoughts on Sabres game night experience. Be right back, folks. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, I am back with Joe Yurden. And, uh, well, let's just get right into it. So I'll put the graphic up and keep it up on YouTube. And for people who are listening on Spotify and Apple, which is far more people than are watching this on YouTube, I will uh, we'll just... We'll, we'll talk about them one by one. So again, the Sabres sent out a, um, a survey to fans. And uh, it's the question was, how well do you think attending a Buffalo Sabres game delivers on the factors you look for in attending a hockey game? And there's four choices. Now, and if you're watching this on YouTube, somebody, these are pre-marked. It's because I got the screenshot off Twitter from somebody who had this, and this was their opinion. So it's not necessarily Joe's or anyone else's just uh, to let you know that. But anyway, there's four categories. There's very weak, there's slightly weak, there's slightly strong, and there's very strong, and there's, I don't know, roughly 10 or so uh, categories. So some of these might, you might have more thoughts than others, but let's just kind of jump into it right now. So the first one was the chance to receive a giveaway, such as a bobblehead or to catch a free shirt. How do you evaluate that? Is there something below very weak? I would like to I would like to pick below very weak. Uh, I don't know if you remember a few years back where their big you know fan appreciation giveaway were very cheap sunglasses, and it only went to like the first ten ten or fifteen thousand fans. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, and that was the only giveaway they did the entire season. I think like that's I mean that 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 alone encapsulates what what the team's about. Now they've done some bobble, you know, they did the Eichel bobblehead the one year. Um, and they did the Eichel bobblehead one year, but like you look at what some of these other teams, yeah, there it is. Pat's showing it on video right now. Um, but like you look at what other teams do, like you see what like the, the Blackhawks do or the Sharks do or some of these other teams and like they go to the mat and like, these are teams that are, you know, recently historically very good teams. And they're just like, whatever, man, we got to do something. We got to do stuff for our fans to keep them happy. And you know what? It's amazing how far that goes, but this team does not do that. Whether, you know, I think the prevailing thought back in the day was like, why do we have to give the fans anything? We give them a winning team. Sure. Which, you know, I mean, I guess that's one way to look at it. That's a, it's a really, it's a really shitty way to look at it. But like when your team hasn't won for 10 years, man, I give away everything like manufacture, every sort of like knickknack giveaway, whatever, just find something to give people because what, what else is the reason to go to a game, you know, to watch the team, like well, if the team's things, why do you want to watch? Like, why do you want to go pay money to watch them? Just sit at home on TV, turn the game off after the first period and call it a night. Like, yeah, can't do that when you go to the game. I mean, you could walk out after the first period, but you just paid whatever amount of money and, you know, ticket, food, parking, all that stuff to go watch and be pissed off. Like, no, you got to make it, you have to do stuff to make it worthwhile for fans to to like give them a juice, give them some juice to like go to a game. Like, like I don't know if I want to go to the game. Well, they're giving away, I don't know, like a, like a, like a take home cooler or something like take some, you know, take some nods from what baseball teams do. Like sure. Major league teams have to, they have to do promotions all freaking season long because they got 81 games. Not every, you know, nobody sells out every game in baseball. Like that's impossible. Hockey. You can, 
It's sure. very, I, it's very, many teams have done it for numerous years in a row. I mean, granted, they're, you know, Stanley Cup winners or, you know, big time winners, but like those teams still give, they do still do giveaways. They still do stuff. Tie it in, figure it out, and just don't shoot t shirts into the crowd, man. Like that's a cop out. Like that's, you know, what 10 people might, might leave the night with a shirt. So what? Like that's not a giveaway. That's, that's just like, I don't know. Throw the peasants some bread at like a Shakespeare, you know, you know, Shakespeare show back in the 1300s. Just like, yeah, I give the growlings their their gruel. It's fine. There's bars. Like that's a throwaway shit. There are bars that give away shirts more effectively than the than the Sabres do at, <laughs> yeah. at, at game nights. All right. So Joe says that it is uh, less than very weeks. Very yeah. weak is being generous there. All right. Next one. Easy to purchase tickets for where I want to sit. It's kind of a trick question, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, it's very recently, easy to pick where you want to sit. There's tons of tickets. Like, exactly. <laughs> I mean, crying out loud. Like, I mean, from, you know, just available from the team. I'm not even talking about you know secondary market, which you know in the past has been the thing. It wasn't this past year because nobody got season tickets. Mm-hmm. You know, like that. That was that was the big reason. But like, yeah, it's it's really easy to to buy tickets. Buy them on the app. Buy them. Buy them online. Do whatever you want. Like, go to the box office. Fine. Pick where you want to sit. Great. Probably get a whole section if you wanted to. But no, I mean, obviously that might change with the team getting better, but yeah, I, it's not, to me, that's very strong. Like that's getting a seat where you want to sit is not a problem price, you know, whatever, like, you know, what you're getting into when you're going to a major sporting event. Like that's, you know, that's neither here nor there. And the Buffalo tickets compared to the other teams really cheap. So, you know, and, and I know cheap for the NHL is still kind of expensive here, but whatever. No, it's very strong. You have no problem getting a ticket. I feel like that should be a survey question from like 2007. Then there might've been some thought required to that. Not really so much right now. (laughs) Um, Luxurious. Next one, luxurious seating areas and other exclusive amenities. You're really picking out a small part of the fan base for that stuff. Like how many people are getting sweet tickets? How many people are getting access to like the Lexus club? How many people are getting access to these things? You don't, I know you need to attract people who have money. Like, I get it. Like sure. that's that's part of the game. Are you? I, but like the regular fan, like the regular fan, ain't gonna get gonna get a chance to do that that much. Like you know, maybe through work. Maybe you know, maybe they got a you know somebody who's you know they got a rich friend or something. That's you know that to me is something where I I could not care less. Like that's if you gave me an option to pick something where it was like, don't give a shit. That's the, that's the box I'm picking because, <laughs> because I, I, you know, I don't make the, I don't, you know, I, if I'm regular Joe fan and I'm just, I'm Joe a fan, not Joe, I'm not regular Joe fan. Let's be clear right. on that. But if I'm just like some regular dude with a normal ass job, try, you know, just want to get tickets and give a shit else about the luxury areas. I ain't never seeing them. I'm never, I'm never going to be there. I don't care about what kind of fancy ass food you have there. I'm never eating it. I'm not going to get whatever fancy beers you got there because I'm never going to be in that section. I don't give a shit. Right. Leave it out. Make If you make it like a party zone, open to everybody, make that worthwhile. Make that <laughs> something for everybody. You know, not not, like, not that freaking blue zone shit they've got in there now, which is just a joke. Like that's, I mean, that's just an area for people to mill around and, and slam beers. Like, you know, you don't get any, you, there's nothing special in there. You don't get anything extra out of that. You're not, you're not doing anything like, 
anything that's luxury with surveys like this for all the fans, fuck that. No, <laughs> I, 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 it's the last thing. It's the last thing I want to be answering questions about with a team that can't win games, that can't do anything right. That I don't care about what rich people want. All right. So Joe Yurden pleads the fifth on that question. And he refuses to <laughs> even a, answer it. I give it the DGS. Don't give a shit. <laughs> don't give a shit. All right. Next one. Casual slash relaxing place to watch the game. Okay. Now this one is slightly weak and I already talked about the, the blue zone. Like that's, that's kind of casual. That's kind of whatever. Um, if you want to have like, I don't know, I'm trying to think of, uh, you know, things that I've seen elsewhere, like there's, I don't know, like some kind of like, uh, like a brewery tie in or like a, you know, a bar, you know, big bar tie in, um, that you could have it just be like, Hey, you know, you got a ticket to the game already, but if you want to watch the game and like, you know, this, you know, say, okay, Southern tiers attached to the Harbor center. Say you want to watch it in the Southern tier, you know, tap room lounge. Cool. Great. Like I'll sit in there and slam, you know, two X IPAs and probably get escorted out of the arena after the, after the middle of the second period. But like, you know, like that's the kind of thing that, that should be there. Like that, that's something that needs work, but they, there's things in place already. So it's slightly weak. They've got some stuff. Do do some more. Okay. Uh, modern, up to date venue, which I got to take not a take. I got a an anecdote on this afterwards. But modern, up to date venue. What did I say about the giveaways? Like, what's less than very weak? <laughs> because it's less than whatever I give the giveaways. It's. Yeah. It's a decrepit husk of what it was <laughs> back in 1997. They play, they, none of the seats have changed. They barely power washed anything. There's rusting cup holders in every level. There's broken seats all over the place. You have rusty, like rusty screws sticking out from some of these cup holders. The seats stink. Everything smells like stale beer. All this stuff is broken. This is a functionally disgusting facility it's it needs so much work it's unbelievable i cannot like just walking around if you just went into the arena walked around the concourse you get into that back side of it the, the the side of the arena that faces out towards uh the mills you're walking down like a doomed ha hallway because there's no lights there's no windows there's nothing looking out there like you're just walking around like where the hell am i and what's going on here like yeah, at least at least on the other side, you know where you are. Like you're just yeah. like, okay, the street to get out is over there. Like, but the other side, you're just like, what the hell's going on here? There's not they're like, and you know, all the stands are shitty. Like, you know, it's no, it, it this is a it's a disgusting, broken facility that is needed that needed updating ten years ago. <laughs> here is a uh, an unrelated to what you're talking about today. <laughs> Here's a fun fact or humble brag, self by five, whatever you want to call it. I actually remember I covered the first game ever at the Key Bank Center. Wow. As a media member, I'll never, well, I shouldn't say I'll never forget never it because I have forgotten again. a lot. I do remember being there for the first time ever at the arena. I remember the tour before the first game. I remember being in mm -hmm. the press box for the first game. I don't remember who they played. I remember the, or the score. I know they got their ass whooped though. They <laughs> lost bad at home. I remember that. But I was there literally on day one of the arena, and I also covered the last Sabres game ever at the Memorial Auditorium, and I also covered the last event ever at the All, which, by the way, was not the Sabres game. It was actually a uh, WCW wrestling event. That was the last event ever. What a way to go out. At the All. <laughs> but I do. So when I say that I can remember 
uh, the Key Bank Center now, that's what it's called, from, from day one. Literally, it was from day one. And I, I'm, just, mm-hmm. I'm just reminiscing because I do remember how exciting and fresh and, and new it felt at that time. Mm-hmm. And now you look back, what is it, from, from 97, I can't do the math, whatever it is, years later, it's a dump. Pat, Pat I know how long it's been because it's, that's when I graduated high school. It's been 25 years. Oof. Well, in 25 They've years. They've done nothing in 25 years. <laughs> I've done stuff in 25 years. They've done nothing with that place in 25 years. Yeah, they've just let it ride for 25 years now. All right, let's go. Um, Friendly staff. Yeah, no, people are great. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, in my instances of going to an event there, like as a, you know, as a participant, not a media person, like people are great. Yeah. People are super, you know, I've been to a few, you know, wrestling events, concerts, like whatever, like people are super, all the people I see behind the scenes, awesome people, security people, like everybody back, you know, backstage is super. So mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's, that's not a problem. The people are not a problem. Okay. Next one was comfortable seats. No, <laughs> you just got. I don't know. Is my ass going to fall through this one? Like, <laughs> is it going to collapse underneath me? Is it already broken by the time I get to the seat? No, the seats are seats are not very comfortable. Modern, up to date uh, scoreboard slash jumbotron. I, I think we know the answer to this yeah. one. This, it's the same. It's the same board they put up after the first one collapsed when they when they built the arena. I don't know if they. I think they've done some mild updates to it but it's still old. Like it needs an update. Like every other arena that came around this, uh, the same time as this one, they've all updated their boards. Philly's got a huge board. Uh, who else, who else, who else, who else? Some places have already gotten new, new arenas since then, but you know, like Colorado, you know, Pepsi, Pepsi center has got a new board. Uh, Tampa Bay did like a whole overhaul of their entire arena, which is what this place needs. Uh, they put in a giant scoreboard. Now, I'm not saying like you need a giant super duper video board here. You, I don't think you do. But you need something different. You need something that's got some more screens to it. Maybe something like what they got at uh, Madison Square Garden. Lots of, you know, something with lots of info, lots of room for sponsors, and then, you know, lots of room for, like, high-quality video and stuff. Like, you, you just, they, they need better. Okay. Uh, the next one was access to exclusive uh, club areas to watch the game. That's another do not give a shit I already know from you, so we can gloss over that. That's, that's uh, good food and beverage. That's mm, pretty weak. Yeah, that's pretty. I I don't know. It's somewhere between slightly and very weak. Um, just because I I mean, you're you're kind of limited on food stuff because like you know you know listen everybody's gonna have hot dogs, pretzels, popcorn, all that stuff. Like that's basic stuff. Uh, you know, Lenovo pizza, like you know, it's not the same stuff you're gonna get. It you're not gonna get from the pizzeria, that's for sure. But right, you know, uh, it, I mean, <laughs> I know Lenovo. I'm, if I'm Lenovo, I'm kind of like guys, let's step up the quality here. Like let's let's go. But, um. But uh, yeah, I mean, they could they could do better. I mean, they do like the special food stuff that they offer. But I think I don't know if they only offer that in the Lexus Club or or you know the the the, the two hundred level club or whatever the you know whatever the hell else is going on there. I don't know if they just offer it there. Um, and they always do that you know weird stuff for Saber season, which you know hey whatever that's neat. But you know most people aren't going to be getting that. Like you need you need to have quality. You know, and I you know they use Salem's dogs, which is good. Um, you know, pretzels, whatever, you know, basic, basic stuff, popcorn, who cares? You know, they pop 10 tons of popcorn in the beginning of the seasons, let's sit in bags all year. You know, it's like it's one of those things, but, uh, it could always be better beer selection. I, you know, whatever, you know, I, I, you want more variety. I think that's, I think that's the key for beer, just more variety, but you need your, you need your standby stands for the regular, regular stuff that people just, people only want blues or blue lights or they want Coors lights or whatever, like, 
have, you know, you can have that stuff plentifully, but you know, maybe a few more stands of craft stuff. You've got 8 zillion craft brewers in the city of Buffalo. I don't know. Come up with a plan to like, to, to get something to work with them, you know, work with big ditch, work with resurgence, work with everybody, you know, work with flying bison, work with all these places, like, you know, work with Southern tier, like just do something with all these places, you know, find a way to make it work. That's where like a, I don't know, giant craft beer stand would work. I don't know. That'd be a cool thing to have yeah. in, a, in a giant arena. That's a huge beer city. That wild idea. I'm a very basic person. So I'm, I'm easy to please with food and drink. So all I need is a Bud Light and a hot dog and I'm good. So I'm the wrong person to have a take on this. <laughs> to your point, though, because you may, did mention Lenovo's. It's funny. So when I, I moved to Florida in 2016, I think the next year in 2017, I remember coming back to Buffalo and it, it might've been the last Sabres game I've actually been at. But I remember being really, really, really excited about having some Lenovas at the game because mm-hmm. I grew up on the west side. I love Lenovas Pizzeria. Yeah, you live near Lenovo. Lenovas. I know you love Lenovas too. Mm-hmm. I remember getting, actually, I got two slices there. I can't remember how much it cost, but it was a lot. And I remember 20, $25, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, it was something close <laughs> to that, probably. It tastes, what I remember about it wasn't the price. What I remember is that it tasted like shit. I was like, this ain't yeah. real Lenovas. So mm-hmm. anyway, I just throw that out. You're getting there. a poor representation of Lenovas. Absolutely a, a very poor representation. Cause I love Lenovas anyway, but that's mm-hmm. what happens when you go to the game. Um, all right, a couple more here. Arena is clean and well maintained. Uh it's clean to a point. I've seen the folks after Sabres games come through, you know, sweeping up and and picking up after everybody comes through. Those people work very hard. Sure. You know, they work extremely hard. Uh, so, do, you know, so does most everybody that's on the janitorial staff and every, all of them. I'll never knock on those folks ever. Like, they're marching to the orders that they're given. Sure. But, like, for general, like, overall cleanly, like, if you walk into the arena, like, you kind of know what you're getting into, you know? Like, you're, you, you know, things are going to smell a little bit. You know, it's not, I mean, we're not talking like old Yankee Stadium, Shea Stadium days where you walk through the concourse and it smells like, you know, stale beer and piss like it ain't like it ain't like that but you know funky beer smell uh, that's hanging around like that's that's a thing but like i don't know rent a power washer for a week and just go go to town on the whole place and <laughs> see see what you can do to make it look a little bit nicer inside because i you know listen you know, the lighting's as good as it's going to be in there like lighting's fine but you know the lighting's fine helps shine a light on how dirty everything else is yeah um two more here variety of food options which you've kind of well, we talked more about the beer before, yeah. But a variety yeah. of food options. It needs work, you know. I'd say it's slightly weak. I wouldn't say it's strong, but it, you know, could use a few extra things. Okay, last one here. Easy to get around and find what I'm looking for. Now, I don't really pay attention to the signage in there. Right, I'll be honest. Because um, more times than not, you're there for to work, and you right. go right up to the and, box. You're not really torn around the arena much right and anytime we've had to use like an alternate route to get up to the to the press box because sometimes the giant freight elevator is that's the only way to get up there yeah. uh doesn't work um we're taking weird ways to get up there anyway so it's not quite it's not you know it, it that, that that's not the proper experience but from what i can tell like all the aisles are all the aisles are properly numbered all the sections are properly numbered I think you can figure out where you're going. I don't know about like where they, you know, the signage for restrooms and, and things like that. I don't, I don't know how that works. So, I mean, in my mind, it's fine. I mean, I, I think, I think that's something you only notice if it's really bad where you don't know where you're going. Uh, I, I've never had 
any issue finding where I'm supposed to be though. Like I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe people want lighted signs. I know maybe they want like neon signs to be like, Hey, idiot, come sit here. Like, I don't, I don't know. But, uh, I, to me, it's, I don't know. Maybe that's an incomplete grade for me because I, because I'm not in there enough as a fan sure. to know like, okay, I, I came in to look for this one thing. Where is it now? Maybe some of like the individual food or drink stands that might be around in there. Maybe th there's not enough signage to find those. Or not enough stuff to say, you know, hey, go towards go towards section, you know, one hundred whatever, three hundred whatever to find, you know, uh, you know, find the beers or the food that you're looking for. Like maybe there, maybe that's an issue, and you know, I, I, if I, I could see that definitely being a problem, but you know, the, the main you know, the main thing I'm concerned with is finding out where the hell my seat is. <laughs> I, right. I think that's I think that's all signed pretty well. Yeah. So. And by the way, I, uh, I, it's been rattling my brain since I brought it up. I'm pretty sure it was the Detroit Red Wings, their first game where they got their ass whipped. Anyway, so to summarize this survey, I, if it was a one-sentence answer, I, I feel like your answer would be staff is nice, mm -hmm. place needs a lot of work. Yeah. 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 No, the pe people are great. The whole place is disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the whole place is disgusting, needs a lot of work. Uh, and needs, needs a new, 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 everything, new image, new, new, you name it, man. Like it needs, it just needs new. Like if you got to do like a whole overhaul, like they did in Tampa with the, with the, whatever the hell the name, the Amelie arena. Yeah. That's what it's called now. Yep. Um, if you got to do something like that with it, cool. Yep. You know, if that means like, you know, I, I know they had to cut out some seats to make it work because, you know, they put a giant organ and like neon lights up, you know, up, up in the uh, the upper level at the one end, which looks incredible. Uh, and they have like a party stand at the one. I think I don't know if it's, it's I think it's at the opposite end of the rink, but do stuff like that, man. Like that, that kind of stuff's cool. And like make it make it look visually interesting visually i don't know you can't really make it intimidating but like make it visually something to, to look at instead of just all blue walls and gold ring sponsor banners you know like yeah. that's that's the big thing like yeah i don't you know people look at the white tiles up there it's like that's acoustic stuff but like you, know, you can't really do do a lot about that but like just i don't know make it make it look nicer you just make it make it look appealing make it look like someplace you want to go wow okay i'm glad i'm here Make some changes from the first night that it opened, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Before we do our weekly starting five, and again, we're going to draft TV villains this week. Let's just spend a couple minutes talking Rochester Amherst. They lost this week, mm -hmm. so their season is over. I feel like it was a, when it comes to the Sabres prospects, good and bad. Uh, the good with J.J. Paterka had mm -hmm. seven goals and 12 points in 10 games. He was phenomenal. Um, Archer Russelanian, which a guy that we talked about two weeks ago, um, yep. he was great. He was even better. He had eight goals in 12 points in 10 games. Um, Krebs didn't score a goal, but he had 11 assists. So he facilitated a lot in these playoffs. Those guys had a very good postseason. So, mm -hmm. you know, from a Sabres perspective, you like to see that on the other end, uh, Jack Quinn, who, who's been phenomenal in Rochester all season long. Didn't do shit in the playoffs, quite frankly. I mean, zero goals in 10 games and and just two assists. And maybe from an organizational standpoint, the most frustrating part is uh, UPL. Now, mm -hmm. a major reason, and we've talked about this on the show several times, because I've asked you, like, why is this guy in Rochester and not back up in Buffalo once he got healthy again? And the, the, the consensus was, well, 
it's more beneficial for him to be in Rochester, play every night, be in a playoff race, get that kind of uh, pressure and experience, and then see how he performs in the playoffs. Well, unfortunately, we didn't get to see any of that because he got mm-hmm. hurt. He would have been able to play had Rochester advanced to a game four in this round, but they didn't. So they, they got swept in the route. So that really sucks. So I don't know, just kind of talk for a minute or two about uh, you know, what you really liked amongst these and what might translate with the Sabres. And also I should ask um, Samuelson, who I don't think had anything to prove at all whatsoever in no. Rochester. So that's why I didn't mention him. But anyway, he was hurt. But these four guys are, are guys that, you know, potentially could have a uh, a role, maybe even a significant role with the Sabres next year. Um, how do we evaluate what, what we saw over these last couple of weeks? You know, I, playoffs are always interesting, you know, for, for guys that, you know, have a future in the NHL that like their future is probably next season. Mm-hmm. It's always interesting to see how, how it plays out. Uh, and, you know, you know, reading up on what the guys were saying today, you know, Paterka said, you know, he, he, he looked like a guy, especially after, you know, last night, last night's game, he, he seemed like a guy that was you know really bothered by losing, which is, you know, you like to see that. Um, but you know, everything that he was talking about today was, um, was about, you know, basically hitting all the, the checkpoints that you want for a guy like that. You know, he wants to learn how to better pace himself, the NHL level. He wants to be better away from the puck, which, you know, that that's the biggest thing I think we've talked about all season with him. The offense is great, but, you know, if he can't defend worth a damn, it's not going to, it's not going to really be that, not going to have too long of an NHL career doing that, but he's, t- he's really taken that to heart and that's great. And I think we're going to see a guy that's, that's going to really make a run at, being with the team to start off next season. I, I, I'm really big on Paterka going next year. I Quinn, like, listen, I know people are upset about uh, his, his uh, postseason performance. He struggled, you know, he said, you know, he said, he basically said he's healthy, uh, you know, just little, you know, Nixon, you know, Nixon knocks here, but you know, nothing, nothing, nobody else is dealing with in the playoffs. Now, you know, Grant, if it comes out like in a couple of weeks, they're like, oh, you know, his foot fell off. They had to reattach it. You know, like, oh, okay, well, maybe, maybe that's what happened. But, um, but no, like, I, you know, he played really solid the last couple of games against Laval. Good. You know, his game was coming around. Uh, I, I don't, I'm not sweating him one bit. He's going to be in the NHL next season. I'm, if he's not, I would be shocked. I would be shocked beyond shocked if he's not with, if he's not on the Sabres right out of camp. Injuries aside, of course, you know, sure. <laughs> he doesn't make the team because he's hurt. Then, like, you know, please right. don't, you know, don't cold take expose me. But, um, but he's, he's, he's going to be with the team next season. It, 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 I, I've, it, I would find it impossible for him not to be. Um, Ritzelainen, man, he, he I, I want him to be part of, I want him to be part of the team because I think he's, I think he's proven a lot at the AHL level. I think he's proven he's a, he's a very good AHL player at the very least. Uh, if he can put it together for what they need him to do in the NHL, that's a huge boost because he, we, he's shown what kind of what kind of player he could be in Rochester. Which I mean, hey, listen, you know, it goes back to the question I asked a few weeks ago. Like, if he's if he's just it turns out to be a great AHL player, man, that's a really good guy to have down there. Sure, it's a it's a really good guy to have down there. And if he turns out to be like your 13th forward, 14th forward, okay. But like, you know, be honest with him, you know, right from the get go. Don't you know, just stash him in Rochester and be like, okay, buddy, anytime, you know, don't pull that kind of, don't pull that kind of stuff. But I, I would like to see him back. Um, and I, I, I think there's a, I, I, I want to believe there's a role for him on the, on the, in the bottom six, probably in the fourth line, but um, 
to me, to me, he's a he's a dynamite player. I I, I like his game quite a bit, but you know, I'm I'm not a GM. I I only pretend to be one on the internet. Um, you know, and you know, as you know, as Krebs, Krebs had you know, again, Krebs is Krebs is an NHL guy. Like he, you know, he was weaving weaving passes like crazy. Uh, the end of the season and into, into the playoffs, he's fine. Like he's 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 a saver. Same for Samuelson. I know Amherst fans are pissed that he wasn't he didn't suit up once, but like let's be real, <laughs> there was not a chance he was going to play. Okay, yeah. like he's he was playing on the top pair with Darlene the last like what ten games of the season. You're not having that dude play a single game after you know banging up his ankle, blocking a shot. If you're not having if that, he's not a hundred dress that guy ever. Right. Like, right. No, like that's that. I mean, it was crazy to think that there was a chance. Right. Um, I, I think Luke said today that his injury was a hamstring and he could have played game four. You know, I, you know, maybe I, who knows, maybe, maybe he could have, but, uh, that's such a bummer. That's such a bummer for him. And like hamstrings, hamstrings stink. Like that's something, you know, you just got to kind of deal with I'm glad it wasn't a groin injury. Great injuries for goalies can just stick with you forever. And like, that's, that's almost like being cursed, right? But um, a healthy off season for him. I want to see him really take charge in camp next season. I want him, you know, I, I know the table was set for him to be the backup this year mm-hmm. and he, you know, just didn't work. Didn't, didn't play anywhere near well enough to, to, to get a spot. I want him to take, take control of it in camp next year. They're gonna sign somebody. They're gonna acquire a goalie. They're gonna, you know, they're gonna do something at the the NHL level. At least they better. Uh, but I want Lucan to to be like, hey, f you. I, that's that's supposed to be my job. I'm gonna play like it's my job. Like that's that's what I want to see out of him. Whether it happens, we'll see. But like, you know, if he doesn't bring it next year, I I'm disappointed. We didn't I'm get really ch- wondering disapp- what you got to do. With I'm him, disappointed you know? we didn't get to see him in the playoffs. I I, I would have yeah. liked to have. Uh, Seymour, I feel like yeah. If he was a like, if he was a question mark before for fans and for the organization, more importantly, he certainly still is because we didn't really yeah. get to see anything definitively uh, going forward. So, but like you know, people you know, Amherst fans loved the way Dell played in the playoffs, and he, like, listen, he made a lot of rate saves. He was still like a nine hundred save percentage guy. You know, you need better than that. You know, there's there's a few. There's a few backbreakers in each game against Laval where you're just like, oh man, need to save. Like anytime you're like, oh man, really need to save there. You right. Know? If it's like some crazy play, crazy shot, he goes all out and you miss it. Like, okay, you know, stuff happens. But when you're sitting there going like, uh, I don't know about that one. Like that's, you know, you know they they love Dell down there. Great, keep him in the AHL if you want to. But I, you know, I I don't I don't know that the Sabers organization is too excited. To, I mean, if they Bring him back on an AHL only deal. Maybe that's how that works, but I can't see the Sabres going gung ho to try to keep him around. Right. All right. Well, uh, so it's now we're in complete off season hockey mode now yes. that Rochester's done. So <laughs> I look forward again. I've said this before on maintenance maintenance day podcast. I look forward to your guys' off season and how uh, you and Lance are going to approach covering that. Let's wrap with our starting five draft. It was. Mm-hmm. Not last week. It was two weeks ago. Two so weeks ago, it was yes. a very uh, it was a very long two weeks a special ago. day for camp team Pat Moran here. It was uh, <laughs> we did rock band frontman and uh, mm-hmm. this was Oof. lopsided, man. Seventy five percent. I drafted Freddie Mercury, uh, Mick Jagger, Steve Perry, David Lee Roth, and Steven Tyler, and Joe went with Robert Plant, 
Roger Daltrey, uh, Bruce Dickinson, Ozzy Osbourne, and Chris Cornell. This was my biggest win total percentage yet. Yeah. I still trail our series big time, uh, yes. 28 to 15. Look, I, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I don't think there's any rhyme or reason sometimes for how these things mm -hmm. go. I do think I was very confident in the roster I drafted. Right. You should have been. I yeah. said you I said you should have yeah, been. I said did. you were gonna you, win anyways. You did predict. <laughs> I did not think it was gonna be that no. much. I will say this. Sometimes having a first pick could be advantageous big time. So I would say being able to get Freddie Mercury first overall right off the bat, because I mean we saw a lot of replies, which I don't like that, and you don't either. I, it drives soon, me nuts. Soon as you oh, see you got one Freddie, name. or you got the number one guy, that's it, it's over. Like, right, exactly. I why stopped. do we even bother doing a poll if you're right. just gonna judge it off the one guy? Exactly. Like, that's it's, so it, it's agreed. so dumb. I agree a hundred percent, but a lot of people did say that. I would say if you maybe in terms of voting percentage, I would say if I was a columnist and, and analyzing this game and running my post game column, I would say not taking Mick Jagger with one of your first two picks yeah. from a I mean, listen, It's not saving me though. Like no, nobody, no. nobody killed me for not taking Jagger. Right. Everybody killed me for not taking Freddie who I had a zero. You had it. You had no him. chance to take him. to in right. fairness to you. I agree. Look, man. I had a couple people tell me like, I can't believe you didn't take Freddie Mercury. He's like, dude, I didn't have a fucking chance, man. Right. Okay. Look, I love, it's not, it's not like I like flipped the coin and lost. Okay. <laughs> I love picking up the W man. And I love, having the opportunity it's a charity to, w for you i love being able to talk one. some shit i'm not gonna lie about that but yeah <laughs> i agree with you 100 percent that 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 could just be dumb so let's see what happens we should, this we week. should do like it we should do it like the olympics get rid of the the top and worst pick just pick the middle three <laughs> it's just like when, right. when there's an absolute number one person you gotta be like okay like top are each of our first pick and last pick just judge it by the middle <laughs> the middle three that we're doing because this is it's insane all right like, so it's it, it's like the soprano rule like you pick tony soprano or the sopranos you're gonna fucking win like, yeah ridiculous i agree you're not wrong all right so this week we're doing <laughs> best tv villains now these are villains that were on tv shows i mean it's pretty goddamn self-explanatory right, right? <laughs> um let's see what we come up with and again we're drafting these live so i have no mm -hmm. earthly idea whatsoever where joe's going with any of these and uh mm -hmm. same for uh me anyway so oh obviously i hit the first pick because we just talked about it. i took Freddie right. mercury game <laughs> over game set match i could be wrong you never know i look right now at least i look at my list and i don't see there is no tony soprano or freddie freddie mercury this week so. i could be wrong but that's the hey, way maybe. I, I we'll see how it shakes out i guess I, i'm really interested i don't have any graphics for these guys so we're just rocking here uh all right you're up like, first man what do you got I, I did like the one graphic you had of caesar romero's as the joker I yeah like, any picture of caesar romero playing the joker i love because <laughs> it's the most it's the most insane version of the joker you i'll find. give you one spoiler alert too i'm not picking him so i don't know I, spoiler alert i'm he's he didn't make the cut of my list right, either, so that's, right. that was a good, good job by you well who um, did make the cut because you're up first yeah, my my number one pick, and like I've been so kind of out of it with TV stuff just the, you know, the last couple of years. I know everybody was watching tons of TV, the pandemic, and all that stuff, but like I could not get my mind off of two or three people, and the one that stuck out most often was Joffrey Baratheon. Fuck, Game of Thrones. <laughs> what a piece of shit. No, I mean, God. Uh, the most hated child actor i think in history like a kid shows up in batman begins way before he did game of thrones and people are like throw him off the balcony batman do it throw <laughs> throw him off the balcony like it's like no come on that's just a kid but like yeah no 
damn, fuck Joffrey. What a piece of shit. I was, I'm not lying. He was number one on my list too. He was, if I, I, I had the first, blame he, you. Like, I'm staying true to my board for better or for worse this week. He was number one on my list. Dude, what he did to his, to Sansa when he married her, his brother yeah. Tyrion, uh, he tortured prostitutes. Everybody. And then this he was a horrible. coward too. Like when Stannis yes. attacked to try to take power, he basically ran and his mm -hmm. brother took charge and fought. Yeah, a complete piece of shit early in season four when he died accidentally. Him, get, him dying getting poisoned wasn't good enough. I needed My. him to get poisoned, set on fire, you know, melted gold dumped on his head, uh, eaten by wolves, uh, killed by the, killed by the, uh, you know the, the wildlings <laughs> the 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 night king need to come and stab him through the face all the everything just do everything possible to him to get him out i'm really uh, i'm upset here i really was hoping you'd get a little bit artsy <laughs> and i'd be able to jump on that no it did not happen all right so joffrey is gone i got the next two my my first one i'm gonna go to the sopranos and, and livia okay. soprano Okay, yeah. she she only around for like two seasons and full, and then like kind of CGI'd into the third season because unfortunately in real life she died. Um, right. You want to talk about TV villain? Dude, she literally tried to have Tony killed. Yeah. Um, she was like a literal joyless human being. You mm -hmm. know, just the worst of everything was all in her. And what I did kind of like. Throughout the series, because again, she was gone by the, the beginning of season three, mm -hmm. is even in her death for years and future seasons, she still had like this psychological stranglehold over Tony Soprano in these oh, sessions yeah. with Dr. Melfi and just in a lot of mm -hmm. everyday things. So she really got to him, man. She was just an evil person, a terrible yeah. mother. So a, a perfect uh, TV villain. That'll be one. The other one. This might not resonate with most fans. And I'm, if, uh -oh. if it don't, it don't. It's always a bad sign when you say it that is. about one of your picks. Every time, I, I've told you this before. Every, In fact, last week on Twitter, I remember we talked about, let's go back to the rock band thing real quick. Joe yeah. knows a thousand times more rock music than I do. Joe's a rock music guy, whether it's modern or past. You know a hell of a lot more about rock than I do. But yet I crush in the poll. I am an 80s guy. I, I'm very confident that my 80s right. knowledge is on par with anybody. But every single time we do something from the 80s, I usually get my ass whooped. Yeah, that's true. So I'm going to go true. back to the 80s because he's, <laughs> this guy's number three. On my, he was number three on my big board, and he's my second mm -hmm. picker. Oh, J.R. Ewing. I, I, yeah, I knew it. As Dallas. soon as you said 80s, I was like, I know who this is. J.R. Ewing. Who shot J.R., man? That was like growing up. That was like the big mystery of my childhood. It was... Uh, mm -hmm. It was so popular too, who shot JR because he was such an asshole on the show that like literally everybody on that show had motive to murder him. He was hate, mm -hmm. he was hated. He was a greedy oil tycoon, just a perfect traditional TV villain. So yeah, Livia Soprano, JR Ewan, you're up for two. Okay, so uh, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna okay. No, there's one I'm gonna no. There's there's a pick I'm gonna save for for my last one because I think it, it's it could be controversial. Okay. Um. Uh, I'm gonna go with Gustavo Fring from Breaking Bad. Yeah, good one. He's on my list too. I Gus. Oh wow. my God, played by uh, played by Giancarlo uh, Giancarlo Esposito. I almost said Giancarlo Stanton. Like no, the Yankees outfielder did not play <laughs> Gus Fring. Um, but Giancarlo Esposito just oh my God, what just ownership of an of a role? Sure. And like like he was quiet 
And the more quiet he was, the more you're like, oh, God, he's going to kill everybody. Public perception and, was good. Like people oh, the yeah. thought he was a good guy. Yeah, no, certainly thought he was the best. Sure. But like, holy God almighty. Like what a that role almost stole the show for good two seasons, two, three seasons, maybe. Um, just an, uh, just an unbelievable, that's a great performance and a great role. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Giancarlo Esposito is Gustavo Frank. Holy God. I, that made him as like a, a superstar actor too, because he was just kind of like a character guy who showed up in some random stuff. Now he's getting like roles in Marvel, you know, star Wars stuff. And like, he's mm-hmm. like the lead role in a, you know, a, you know, video game series. Like, okay, man, go for it. You owned it. Um, so yeah, Gustavo Fring. And I'm going to go with, I get, listen, there, there are some, there are some series that are just like automatic standbys for, you know, for whether we do a series ranking, a show rank, like whatever, there's always, you know, one episode, like one series where you're just like, okay, somebody from that, that series is going to be on there. Now is that time. Marlo from the wire. Oh my God. Marlo Stanfield was, Oh my God. Oh that was my literally God. my next pick. So there's another show that I watched called uh, Bosch. I don't know if you ever watched it. It was on, it was on Amazon. And like, there's an, he's got to do, there's a new series on what they call, you know, free TV or whatever. Um, but he plays, he plays a guy who's basically the main character, main character Bosch's like partner. And the whole time I'm like, you're not a good guy. You're, like the same guy plays him. I'm just like, you're not a good guy at all. Like, no, you're Marlo. You're, you're fucking evil, man. Like, get out of here. But yeah, Marlo. Oh my God. Every, every, and like another one who was just kind of like quiet, low key, but like did everything to, to try to kill everybody in the scene. Like that dude, it's such a compliment to somebody when they can show up in another role and you're like, Oh no, Oh no, that guy's playing him. Shit. He's gotta be bad. (laughs) You know, sometimes you play a role so well, you're just like, you're stuck with it for good. (sighs) Gustavo Fring was in the middle of my pack in my top 10. Milo mm. Stanfield was number four. He was literally going to be my next pick. Oh, Such man. a complex character too, man. And he started out mm-hmm. like big time. He's just a, like a little big time drug dealer. Next thing you know, yep. he's the man. He grew in the empire. Yeah, just an absolutely fucking ruthless dude, man. Mm-hmm. God, that's such a good show, man. That's a great pick. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Thank you. Um, all right, that's <laughs> all I got. Your J.R. Ewing pick is great too. You I'll, just might have... Might been too early for that. One. I think maybe, but again, I'm staying true to my board today. No, no, no. I, listen, stay true to yourself. That's the point of this. <laughs> I, usually, you pick a couple in some of these categories. Like last, going back to last week again, they're great. Like Bruce Dickinson, like I, he wasn't on my radar. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, everyone you've picked, at least so far, were very, very high on my radar. Literally, literally you got two of my top four, and Gus Fring, I think, mm-hmm. was six on my board. All right, so I got two more here. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Sons of Anarchy. Clay Morrill. Okay, he was, uh, you know, the longtime president of mm-hmm. the Motorcycle Club, and uh, I mean, listen, he tried to have Tara killed. I mean, I could go mm-hmm. on and on for reasons why. There was just there was very little redeeming about him. Other, well, if you wanted to argue and say he always put the club before anyone else, you could say that. But he put himself before the club too. You yeah. know, a lot of times trying to save his own ass. He was just a, a huge pile of shit. I had a great show. That um, was, uh, that was Ron Perlman, right? Yep. Yep. Oh yep. man. That yep. dude, that anything that dude's in, I'm just like, all right, I'm going to watch. That. Yeah. He was, he was great. And he was a TV villain. Um, mm-hmm. and then the other one, I'm going to go back to who you picked with the first pick. Same show is I'm going to go with Cersei Lannister. Now, Ooh. now Joffrey Baratheon Ooh. again is the, he's the goat villain. I believe. 
Cersei had a little bit of redeeming qualities about her, at least at the beginning. But as the series went yeah. on and she lost everyone she loved, <laughs> not so much. I, I think about it this way. If, if you want to argue she's a TV villain, she banged her one brother and she's tried many times to murder her other brother. Mm -hmm. <laughs> pretty much everything yeah. you need to know and it's obviously in the and she loved end, joffrey and, unquestionably yes and she was literally willing to let her city crumble to the ground at the end because she wasn't going to mm -hmm. surrender so uh to denarius so yeah I, I feel pretty good about those i'm still kind of reeling a little bit from uh marlo stanfield being gone but all right so those are my two you got two more these will be your last two see that now this is a, this is something where it's tempting because sometimes we get dinged for for being fishing from the same well like mm -hmm. if you pick if you pick another character from a show that you already took somebody from sure sometimes you get dinged for it mm -hmm. i'm gonna tempt fate in a big way mm. by picking characters from two shows that i've already picked from in this one because i think they i think they're i think they stand out more than the other names that i've got on my list now the other names are great like they're all great evil terrible people characters like whatever mm -hmm. um but these two stand out for me. Okay. The first one is Ramsey Bolton from Game of Thrones. Okay. <laughs> we're, we're killing, we're crossing it with Game a of Thrones. Viscerally hated character. Like he he didn't get enough run for how rotten and what a piece of absolute shit he was. But my God, like everything that he did to everything that he did to Reek, I mean, you know, basically calling him Reek. Reek. You know, cut, you know, <laughs> yeah, he's just know, awful. Turn, turn him into a eunuch or cut off his cut off his wiener or like either mm -hmm. way, like doing that, like every, uh, what he did to Sansa. Holy shit. Like Joffrey sets that one up, but like Ramsey. Killed his father. Right. Like, everything about this guy is is awful. Mm -hmm. And he was. That character is a big reason why I almost dumped watching Game of Thrones after season five, <laughs> because that was just such a disgusting, rotten, awful, awful character. Mm -hmm. I was like, man, if this if this dude's going to keep going in this whole thing, fuck this show. I am not I'm not watching this guy keep racking up wins for being a piece of garbage. No, fuck that. Fuck him. Fuck that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mean to use the F word so much, but God, <clears throat> fuck Ramsey. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that was an easy one for me. This one might, this one might upset some people, and, but I firmly stand by this. Walter White from Breaking Bad. Mm. He is the biggest villain of the entire series. He's a selfish, self-righteous, greedy, awful human being. And he leads to the, the, his his doings lead to the deaths of numerous people. I like it. And he uh, like ultimately like he drives everybody crazy and he gets himself screwed over because he, you know, he thinks he's a big time drunk kingpin. He's not. He's just some dumbass science teacher who thinks he's doing the right thing by getting into the meth game and he just he, he's instantly like over his head and everything and he doesn't handle anything appropriately. He's a just an absolute piece of human garbage. Walter White sucks ass, which drives me nuts when he's like People are just like, oh man, I love Walter White. He's so cool. I'm like, you are you fucking okay? Like, you know what? You 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 watch what he did, right? You watch the show, right? You understand like everything that he did. Like, oh, but you know, he, he's Heisenberg. He's cool. It's like, no, he's he's a he's a drug maniac. Like he's a, he's a psycho. No, <laughs> Walter White. Walter White is Walter White gets to be a huge piece of garbage and gets away with it a lot in these yeah. polls. I a would lot, like I, studying these polls and shit, man. Like I'm just kind of like, 
Walter White's sitting right there in front of you. Like he's 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 a horrendous person. I wouldn't. I, I listen. I agree with you a hundred percent. I but I was kind of <laughs> wrong. I was thinking in my mind. I'm like, you know, I think there's a lot of Breaking Bad fans who actually would say they hate Skyler more. Yeah, but that's, but that's not. She's not. There's a difference between not liking someone and being a villain. Like there's mm-hmm. some people on shows that are, like for an example, The Office is my favorite show ever. Dwight Schrute. A lot of people, and I did the first time I watched it. I hated Dwight. Dwight wasn't oh, yeah. a villain. Well, he well, just, he sucked. He's kind of an asshole. (laughs) He did did too many good things to be considered a villain. You know what I'm saying? Whereas Walter, I agree with that. That's controversial. I do like it. All right. So I got like, like if, if a bad guy's got a redeeming quality, are they totally a bad guy? Like that. I had that kind of conflict with like, um, with the winter soldier. Cause you're like, Oh man, what a, what a bad guy. And it's like, no, his his mind's been altered by, by the Russians. And like, he's, he's like their, you know, he's their secret, secret guy he's not actually bad we know he's not bad but right being used bad walter white did nothing redeeming he didn't do anything to help anybody out yeah. like at all <laughs> he, i agree there's no there's no life that got better by being around walter white he, he ruined his family he ruined everybody i got god i got a dilemma here so i got the last pick and i'm really is down to two for me um i'm gonna i'm gonna we're going cartoonish here it is a tv okay. show it's been around forever and my last pick's gonna be mr burns from the Simpsons, just a a rich, nasty, horrible man whose only obsession in life is getting richer. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember some episodes. I don't watch it anymore, but I did for a long time. You know, for a long stretch. Uh, turned Bart against his family. He tried to mm-hmm. seduce Marge. I remember that. He yeah. dumped nuclear waste before. So he's yeah. a real shit bag. He's a good TV <laughs> yeah. villain. I don't know how that's going to resonate. I'll tell you the one that I was going back and forth with, which I think mm-hmm. might have been. Every time I've picked someone controversial, somebody who's done shit off, you know, out of character, like the real life person, I paid the price with every single poll. Um, I wanted to take Francis Underwood from House of Cards. And I don't even know how popular that was or how many people watched it, but Kevin Spacey obviously played him. I don't even know if you watched it. That leans leans a little too close into real life. Exactly. (laughs) So I'm like, I'm not going to fuck with that one. But before this shit happened with Kevin Spacey, he was a great villain. I mean, he was a great bad guy on House of Cards, just a horrible, mm-hmm. corrupt politician. Uh, I didn't take him. And then the other two that I have written down that I didn't take, I'm still, I'm still, I'm surprised. I don't know why I'm surprised, but I'm still surprised that you took Joffrey first and that I, I didn't get Marlo. I thought I would be able to get Marlo Stanfield in round three, but you beat me to it. Um, anyway, the, the two that I did can at least consider was the Joker from Batman, um, the TV show, obviously not the movies. Because I, I, I mean, I watched that growing up in reruns of syndication. I wasn't old mm-hmm. enough to to watch it, but I remember he was a good bat, a TV villain. And then, but this might have been crossing the line about being technical. You want to go the comedic route? Newman from Seinfeld was right. a good TV villain, and, and and he treated everyone like shit, and nobody liked him except for Kramer at times. And even Kramer right. really didn't like him that much. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, I. I I think with comedy villains, it's a little trickier just because like they make you laugh sometimes or a lot of sure. times. And then it's like, ah, how can they be so bad? They make me laugh. And so, right. you know, you look into what they did <laughs> and you're just going, oh yeah, no, they, they're, they're a piece of shit. As I analyze these lists, I'll, I'll read them out right now. So to uh, recap one more time, Joe selected Joffrey Baratheon, uh, Gustavo Fring, Marlo Stanfield, Ramsey Bolton, and Walter White. I drafted uh, 
Livia Soprano, J.R. Ewing, Clay Morrill, Cersei Lannister, and uh, Mr. Burns. I'll say this. I, I think, looking at this objectively, I think you have a better team. What could hurt both of us, more you than me, only because you have two of them and I have one, is if there are fans out there, and there's not many, but there are some who do not like Game of Thrones, who I, I've yeah. seen on Twitter. They, if they don't watch the show, obviously mm-hmm. that's two of your characters gone and, and only it's the one, risk. It's and the one for take. me. <laughs> and Walter White, which I agree yeah. with you 100%. That could prove to be controversial. I think what hurts me the most when I look at my roster is, we talked about this earlier, J.R. Ewing might not resonate whatsoever with mm. people who are under, say, 30, 35 years old. He might not resonate whatsoever. And <laughs> some true. people might look at Mr. Burns and say, you know, he's a fucking cartoon character on an on a animated yeah. TV show. And that might hurt me. Final thoughts? You know what? I, I Listen, I like both of our lists. I, I like I like both of our lists quite a bit. And, you know, we both took some risk, which I'm proud of both of us for doing. Because <laughs> it could have been very easy to just kind of just be like, no, I'm going to be safe. I'm just going to pick these people and blah, 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 blah. Like, I'm just not going to pick anybody from the same show. I'm just going to put it on the list. Like, because then you're going to argue with people and you're mentioned like, why didn't you pick this guy? Why didn't you pick this girl? Like, I'm not down for that. I'm just, I wanted to pick the five most evil people I could find on TV. <laughs> I think it's, I think it should be close. I, I think this was, this should was a be. fun category. I enjoyed this. Make sure you check out Maintenance Day, Joe Yernan, Lance Lozowski every Monday on your favorite podcasting platform. By the way, it's a holiday weekend. Uh, hope everyone has a nice, safe, fun. Yes. Holiday weekend. Go up some thanks, meats. Thanks for doing the pod, buddy. No, I always appreciate you, man. Yeah, it's always fun. It's Mr. Movie Talk Bad Guys. The headlines remind us daily the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.